Welcome back to the FNF Coaches Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Guttenplan. We are currently working on our October edition of FNF Coaches, which will focus on the way coaching high school football has changed during the pandemic. We're talking to coaches about changes to the schedule, health and safety precautions, connecting through video conferencing, and making the most of fewer practice opportunities. To read about any of these topics, you can visit our website at fnfcoaches.com. Also, we have been producing two podcasts per week, so subscribe to the FNF Coaches podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Simplecast, or TuneIn. We're excited about today's podcast, which will feature two guests who have a long history in the game. Dave Churchman is the founder of PassLab, a company that produces headset technology that will train a quarterback's eyes to look off defenders. The second guest is former quarterback and current Fox Sports broadcaster, who has endorsed the PassLab headset, Joel Klatt, uh, set 44 school records at, at the University of Colorado while playing quarterback from 2003 to 2005. Dave, Joel, welcome to the podcast. How are you, Dan? Good to, have, you, Dan. Good to be on. Yeah, I'm glad to have you guys. Um, so I want to start by uh, just kind of sh- talking to you guys about your football background, because I know uh, our, our audience is primarily high school football coaches, and Joel, they'll probably have heard of you or at least heard you uh, doing broadcasts. So I'll start with you. I know you're the son of a prolific high school football coach. And like I said, our audience is primarily high school coaches. We talk to so many coaches who have their kids on the sidelines as toddlers and they kind of grow up around the sport. Was that was it like that for you or what are your first memories of, of football? Absolutely. There's there's no doubt. I, I was... My dad um, didn't want me to actually play football until I was about in eighth grade. Um, And so I grew up, you know, my football experience was being around him and his team. Um, I would go over, it was Pomona High School in Arvada, Colorado. He was a coach there for years, 30 years. He was a head coach for a number of those years. He was an assistant coach uh, there for a long time. Had the uh, fortune to, uh, my brother played for him. I played for him. You know, it, he had um, a very successful run there. They won a lot of league championships. He won a state title. And and I was around it my entire childhood. So I would get done with school in the fall. And it was the only time of year that I wasn't involved in the team sport. Because like I said, he didn't want me to play until about eighth grade. And so I would just go to his practice and and hang around there. And then I was in the bus uh, on the way to games, on the uh, home from games I was on the sideline as a ball boy um so that was that was my entire life I've spent more time on on and around high school football fields and teams um than 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 most because of my upbringing with my father that's amazing now do you I've heard I talked to a coach last week who who actually played at Notre Dame and now he's coaching in Texas and he never, even though his his father was a big time player and coach, he never really thought of himself going into coaching while he was, you know, while he was that age. And he said, you know, it was always, uh, you know, other coaches and and players in and out of his house, and he just never thought of it as like, oh, one day that's going to be me. At what point did you start to think of uh, like going into a future of football? I know, I know, yeah. you were a big time baseball player as well. Well, I I, I always loved football. It was my first love, Dan, but I was just happened to be a better baseball player. (laughs) Um, And and I think it's because my mom's genes won out, right? Like my dad was more of the football player, but my mom had um, had great softball background and her brothers were great baseball players. And so 
uh, that was where an opportunity arose out of high school. I went and played with the Padres organization for a while, but always wanted to come back and was able to do so. And, and to your question, I always thought that I was going to be a coach. There was never any doubt in my mind. I, I, you know, the fact that I'm not coaching is maybe the biggest upset in, in Clapp family history (laughs) because my brother is now a high school football coach. Um, My sister married a high school football coach. So my brother-in-law is a high school football coach. It just kind of runs in our blood. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and yeah, I, I don't know how this happened to be honest with you, but it did, right? Like it just kind of stumbled upon broadcasting. It wasn't my major in school after I was done playing. Uh, I had the option to do a couple of high school football games. It worked out. They gave me a few more. And then all of a sudden it's been now what, 15 years. And I look up and I'm like, well, I guess I'm not going to be a coach. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's, I've, I've thought about jumping in on the college level and uh, several times, but this profession is is great for me because I get to be around and really in the sport that I love and also, you know, get to be around my family a little bit more than, than a coach is around his. And, and I'm uniquely aware of those challenges as well. Yeah. Now, I know you got drafted uh, to play professional baseball, but obviously you had the ability to be a three-year starter at Colorado. Was your dad, did he try to steer you towards football at all as a football coach? No. No? No. He did everything to sabotage me, Dan. Really? <laughs> right? Like, we, we, we ran the option. For goodness sake, I was I timed my 40 with a sundial, right? And, yeah. and we ran the like the full house option because that's what they had always done. So I wasn't really recruited to play college football very heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some Division II schools that, that recruited me, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, um, uh, Northern Colorado at the time, who at the, at the time was a pretty good successful team and had won a, a national championship in the late 90s. But, you know, that was that was really it. And so when I left baseball and quit, when I decided to leave, it really wasn't to go play football, Dan, as much as it was to kind of like get my life back in order and go back and get a degree because hmm. baseball just flat wasn't working out. And so I was like, you know, I need to go get a degree. I need an education. I need to clean some things up. I need some um, structure in my life. And so I, I decided to go to the University of Colorado and then I thought, well, I, if I'm going to go here, I might as well at least walk on and it'll be a fun deal. I never in my wildest dreams uh, dreamt that I would actually be a starter. I grew up going to the games. My dad and I used to go to the games at Colorado and I just loved the team and wanted to be a part of it. And then once I got there, I started to get, I don't know, angry. I was like, why didn't my dad let me throw? Like I can actually do this. So <laughs> it was it was one of those deals that it, it just all kind of happened. And I was very fortunate that it did. Yeah. So I was reading your, uh, your bio and it said like the your first year you were there, I think you played mostly special teams. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're setting all these records at college. What is the process of going from a walk on who is, you know, running down kickoffs until all of a sudden, you know, you're the, you're the starting quarterback for three years. What, what kind of work went into that? Well, I mean, a lot, uh, right? So first of all, like I didn't have any great ability to be on special teams. What had happened um, was Gary Barnett, who was the coach there, came to me in a game that we were winning lopsidedly. uh, And I was at the time because uh, a quarterback named Craig Oaks had ended up leaving the program. And all of a sudden, there was just two seniors and then three of us freshmen. And so like all of a sudden, it was apparent like 
wow, we, we're going to need to get one of these guys ready. And because I was a little bit more mature because of my professional baseball experience, I had kind of won the third string job, if that makes sense, over mm-hmm. some of the other freshmen. And, and so all of a sudden I was in the traveling squad and preparing as the kind of the third string quarterback. So he came to me, he was like, well, do you want a red shirt or do you want to play? We were playing Baylor and beating them pretty badly. And I was 21 at the time and a freshman. And so I was like, I, like, I under no circumstance want to be 25 years old and still in college. <laughs> so I was like, I want to play, you know, I don't want a red shirt. So he put me in the game and I got a few snaps at quarterback. And then once my red shirt was burned, um, which at the time, you you know, it wasn't the current rules where you could play four games. So once it was burned, they were like, well, let's throw them out there. So I was the personal protector on punt. And they just kind of threw me out there in spots to get me experience on the field. Now, going into like what went into actually winning the job, I, I got to tell you, I, I would not have had near the level of success in college playing the, the position of quarterback unless I had gone through what I went through in baseball. Cause I, I learned how to manage my own time. I learned how to work hard without somebody asking me to work hard. And all of those lessons paid huge dividends for me once I got back to, to, to the sport. And so all of a sudden I, I knew how to, you know, work very hard in terms of knowing the system, learning the system and then operating the system. And I think that's where maybe being a coach's son really benefited me is, is, all of the little nuances, whether it was the play clock, operating a huddle, operating an offensive system. I'd been around the game so much that those came second nature. And because of that, um, at the time we were running a pro style system, the West Coast system, and I, and I just kind of like fell into the job. And then it just went from there. Hmm. That's amazing. And now you were undrafted coming out of college, even though you put up, you know, highlight real numbers uh, come, you know, over your three years as a starter. Um, did you, but then you did have a couple of pro try or NFL, you know, tryouts with NFL mm-hmm. teams, or at least, you know, went into camp with them. Did you feel like that was going to be the same thing where, you know, all you kind of bear down and you're, you would win yourself a job or what was different about yeah, that? I, I did. I thought that, I know this is not necessarily like shooting for the stars here, but I thought I was going to be the perfect backup quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, like a guy that wouldn't hurt you and knew the system. Um, and I thought, okay, I think I can make a career out of this. At the time, if you remember, Coy Detmer had made a, a pretty well, and Ty Detmer had made a excuse me a long career as a backup, and the Detmers had a, a history at CU because of Coy. And yeah. so I, I modeled Miles like, okay, I could do that. I can I can be that. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, I had a pretty severe history of concussions, and this is right when that was beginning to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so once I got to Detroit and was signed there they took a look at my injury history and kind of quickly decided to punt on that. And it just didn't pan out. So, um, you know, I thought that that might work out for me, but it didn't. But the only reason that I was able to get into camp and earn contracts from, from being unsigned as, as a rookie at rookie minicamp is because of what I just told you. Like I'm a big believer that the quarterback has to go operate the system and, and I could operate the system. And I knew you know, I knew what defenses were doing. I knew where to look. I knew I was trained very well in, in all categories as a quarterback. And and so so because of that, I was able to earn a contract, uh, even though it didn't work out in the long run. Yeah, that's I remember Ty Detmer. He was on the I'm a, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan and he spent a number of years. They even got some starts with him 
one yeah. year um and he was you know he was definitely a fighter he was he worked he worked hard when he was in the game and always uh gave us a chance um now dave i want to i want to talk to you about your background too you played i uh, we talked the other day and you said you played football but were never a quarterback what was your football what's your football background I was one of the worst defensive backs in uh, Colorado high school football history. <laughs> I was small, but I was slow, Dan. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, now, so, so I was a much to Joel's point. I, I was I was actually a better basketball player. Okay. Um, but I but my 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 love for football was always uh, greater than my uh, love of basketball. So I, I'm just a I'm just like you. I'm I'm just a big fan. Mm-hmm. And I was a big fan of Joel's and I'm a, I'm a big University of Colorado fan. And um, when I connected with Joel, I said, hey, uh, you know, I've never taken a snap in my life, but I don't think you have to be an All-American to recognize good or bad quarterback play. So that, that's sort of the foundation of where he and I got started. Uh-huh. Yeah, it seemed like when we talked the other day, it sounds like you have a kind of a it's almost it almost sounds like it annoys you when quarterbacks are staring down receivers and then you know throwing these passes into coverage um what at what point did you come up with the idea for the pass lab headset and um how did you kind of what's your background professional background that would allow you to kind of get a patent on that and bring it to to market sure so i think i think the idea was born about 10 years ago um but i i i been a sort of a senior sales manager in uh, in the athletic footwear business for 30 years. So I've worked for Adidas and New Balance and Puma, and it's, it's probably easier for me to tell you who I haven't worked for. But so um, I sort of knew that um, uh, that uh, that that this, that this uh, habit of of uh, uh, looking where you're going to throw the ball there ha- there just had to be a a, a training device of some sort. So I, it took me the better part of two years to get the patent, uh, you know, filed and approved. And once I did, I thought here, here, here's a, here's one of the worst high school football players in history with a patent for quarterback. So I, I obviously needed a partner and we're very fortunate to have Joel. Yeah. Joel, is that something through your experience of playing quarterback that you would find helpful now is to find some type of um, technology that would kind of help you from staring down receivers and throwing into coverage that, that way? Yeah, I think that the, the the biggest disconnect that I see is is the ability to take something from the classroom and take it to the field. Um, I think that that's, that's some of the hardest stuff. I've seen guys that understand how to sit there and watch film or draw on the board and they know exactly what they're doing and talking about. But as soon as they get onto the football field, it's like, what, where is the disconnect? Because the, the behaviors and, and actions that I see on the field don't necessarily match up what they are saying or, or in particular uh, in the meeting room talking about. So I think that that's been the case for a long time. And for whatever reason, I was one of those guys that could take it from the classroom to the field. Um, and so when, when Dave, and, and let me back up, one of the only things that I felt like was a really big advantage for me was I understood our offense enough to know where my eyes needed to be. And I worked on it constantly, but 
it was very difficult because even in film, it's difficult to know exactly where the, the your eyes are. And you're like, where, where was I looking here? Did I, did I look in the right spot? And then the, the detail of knowing what a weapon that can be for a quarterback, I think is hard to, to learn, right? So when Dave showed me this, I, I can't remember exactly my words, Dave, but I, I'm, I'm almost certain I just immediately said, I'm in. Like this is, this is everything that I think is, is perfect because it's not just a classroom setting. It's not just, you know, at, at the time and even since, you know, everyone's like, well, let's look at this virtual reality. Look at this stuff. We can put a headset on you in a dark room and it can, yeah, but that's, it's just not the same. We, we need the feeling and the depth of the pocket. We need the, the feeling of having guys in front of you or even throwing on seven on seven and moving your entire body and, and how difficult it is. To, to sense the urgency of everyone around you and yet calm yourself down enough to look in the proper direction for the long, uh, for uh, the requisite amount of time. And so when, when Dave showed me the technology and showed me what it could do, couldn't do, and I, I just immediately thought to myself, this is absolutely perfect. Um, and, and I jumped on board because I think it's important and I think it's one of the things that is uh, the least trained thing when it comes to quarterback play um, in our sport. And we spend countless hours trying to train our physical ability. We spend countless hours trying to train our mental ability of, of what's happening and why. And this is kind of the last piece of that, right? We work on footwork and throwing mechanics and all this stuff. And, and we need to be able to train the quarterback to use his eyes as a weapon for his own offense. And now we have the ability to do that and not just in terms of sitting in a dark room watching film, but on the field doing it in real time, which I think is just incredible. Yeah, it absolutely is. And then, uh, Dave, I want to go back to you because we know uh, this is a this is a headset that you wear, and it and it helps to train the eyes. But how how does it work? How does the technology work? And how does it make sure that when a quarterback makes a mistake and looks in the wrong direction, that that is corrected and he doesn't do it again? Well, without getting too far down on the weeds, Dan, what, what you do, the software accounts, you know, you, you input your off your entire offensive system, right? And from there and built and, and, and within that, there's parameters set for where the eyes go and for how long. So if the quarterback's violating what your playbook uh, requires, then an alarm sounds. So there's more there's more to it than that. But when you boil it all down to the essentials, it's it's your playbook, it's your it's it's your specs in terms of where the quarterback should or shouldn't be looking, and if he he violates that, he 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 gets an alarm. And to Joel's point, I think that's that on the field instant feedback stuff that you know being in a classroom can't provide. I would also add, if you don't mind me kind of jumping in, just because. Um one of the things that I think is, is very important here. And Dave talked about, you know, inputting your offense. Here's what I feel like since Dave and I got to know each other, here's what I feel like my main objective has been. My main objective has been not to pat Dave on the back and say, boy, this is really great. I'm glad to be a part of it, but to help shape this device so that it is, not only quality for the quarterback, but also easy to use for the for the high school football coach and maybe college football coach. And I think that's where I'm uniquely suited because of my history with my dad being around the sport as much as I am now in the college game. 
to know exactly what the challenges are for coaches, both from a budget standpoint, a timing standpoint, a technological standpoint, and also what they need, right? So Dave tells you a little bit how it works. What, 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 what you need to know is that we worked very, very hard on really two different avenues that I think it's important that coaches understand uh, with this device. This device can work both in the off season, if just a couple of quarterbacks and a wide receiver are out there, and it can work in a team setting when you're 11 on 11 and a quarterback's trying to put it on his helmet and you're in the middle of the football season. And the reason is, is because we wanted it to be simple enough to use when you take it right out of the box and yet robust enough from a software standpoint to where you could input your offense and you could really sharpen the edge with your quarterback in terms of how he plays and why he can be successful using his eyes. Here's how we do that. When the device comes out of the box, you set it up with the app on your phone. It can be an iPad or a phone. And what you can do is you can just say, I want to just play right now. And if you click play right now, what you do is that, that app will give you several different little drop-down screens and you can just say, listen, I want to run a pass play. It is, and it, the timing of the pass play is right there. It's three, five, seven step drop. You can do it out of the gun. I want to do it to the right. I want to do it for this amount of time. And then all of a sudden what you're doing is you're giving the ability of, of players to improve themselves during the off, off season because of the simplicity of use. And, and those alarms can go off and it's almost like operation on your head, right? If your eyes are looking too far to the right for too long, a little buzzer in the right side of your head sounds off. And on the app, it's going to show and record which reps um, are faults or, or, you know, basically you get an error message on that app. Now, you can also load your entire offensive system if you want onto the app. Then when you make a practice script, which I know several coaches do, you just load the script right onto the, right onto the app. So then what happens is the device is just operating through the practice and it's tracking along with your practice script. And what happens is if a quarterback does a rep uh, properly, then no alarm bells, uh, you know, sound and, and that rep goes in as a, as a plus rep. If the next rep he's looking too far left or, or down or something, and the, the error message comes up, then that rep gets an error message. And what happens for the coach is you start to get a clear picture because of the software of where your quarterback is struggling, which concepts he's struggling with. And you can go back and really ask him, what do you not understand about this concept? These are the things that I'm here for is the, the, the application for the coach and the player in real time to make sure that it's easy to use and robust enough to really sharpen the edge to make sure that you're getting better as a quarterback. So I hope I didn't like go too long there. And Dave, please let me know if, if any of that is, is, you know, um, not exactly what we, you know, what we've talked about, but that's, that's essentially what I think is, is the, the best part of what this device is and why I think it's really beneficial for, for a coach and a player. No, that makes a lot of sense. The, the, the thing that uh, I wonder about, like, right. I live in Massachusetts and right now, uh, Cam Newton, I don't know if you saw the game last night, he had a great game. Uh, and it was, a, it was different from the first week when he played the first week, he ran the ball 15 times and uh, he, he accumulated, I think 75 yards rushing two touchdowns last night. He had like 390 yards passing, but if you just watch him play quarterback versus what we've been used to watching in the last 20 years with Tom Brady, 
the way that they use their eyes is much different, you know, in that, and it's a different offense this year. Uh, Cam is doing more of the RPO stuff at the line of scrimmage where he's, his eyes are on a defensive end while he's faking a handoff and deciding what he's going to do. How do you think the, uh, this technology will hold up with more and more teams seeming to use the RPO offense? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked because I think that this technology is actually more important than ever because the quarterback, I think the modern quarterback in particular, in particular on the high school and college level, and even at the pro level, as you bring up, but they're being asked to make post-snap reads more often than they ever have. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, I made a lot of pre-snap decisions as, as a quarterback uh, of where the ball was going or which defender I was going to read. And then I read that defender and, and we went there. But you bring up the RPO and this is the beauty of this device is that it's not just in the passing game, but also the running game that you can program the device so that you are aware exactly where the quarterback is looking. So you can train him to look specifically in that uh area of where the defender is that you want him to read and and i think that's the beauty of it is that this is a a run game device as much as it is a pass game device and we're asking quarterbacks at all levels to make more post snap reads and decisions than we ever have before in the history of football and this device is absolutely tailor made for the modern style of offense and the modern quarterback, because training them to put their eyes in the proper spot for that post snap read is critical. Yeah, absolutely. And now Dave, the other day you told a funny story about how you and Joel came together. How, how did that come about that the two of you started working together on this? Well, I was always a big fan of Joel's, but I, uh, I befriended a, a hall of fame coach named Bill McCartney, um, who you probably are, aware of sure yeah Um, and uh he and i would chat at the at the local coffee shop and uh sort of got to know each other and and once i filed a patent it was approved i said coach i'd like to be i'd like you to be my my partner and i showed him what the device was and how it would work and back then it was just some sketches on a piece of paper and he says no you, you you don't you don't need me and I said, Coach, I, I've never taken a snap in my life. He said, you don't need me. You need Joel Platt. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, are you sure? And he said, yeah, I'm sure. He said, and, and he's, he was busy with other endeavors. And I think he was enjoying, uh, you know, that period in his life. And he didn't, he didn't need to be messing around with a, uh, a quarterback tra- training device. So he was kind enough to connect me with Joel. And I would say uh, we've had a really good uh, uh, run ever since. So I told you all, I said, you weren't my first choice. Uh, Coach Mack was, and I think he understands that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Joel, I know we only have a few more minutes. What, uh, what game are you calling this weekend? Um, I am calling Kansas State at Oklahoma. Okay. Um, and Oklahoma and Ohio State are two of my favorite teams to call games and the reason is just to bring it back to kind of the point of our conversation is they've got such great quarterback play not only because they're talented but their coaches really teach them well so I love watching film because every time I'm watching film preparing for for the for these games I always you know think of our device and and 
how important it is for players of all ages to get this on their head. But yeah, I've got Kansas state at Oklahoma. Let's hope that it goes off without a hitch. Last, last week I was supposed to be in Baylor and, and it got postponed on Friday. So let's hope that I'm working this Saturday. Yeah. I was going to ask, it must be much different this, uh, this fall. Have you, have you actually called a game yet or has it, was that the first one? I you did. Were do? Yeah. I did. I called the Arkansas state upset of Kansas state and it definitely felt different. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time it felt, very familiar you know yeah. so um it's i was actually just looking over some of my notes right now i've got some of my my two day deeps in front of me so um i'm just fortunate that we get to go out there and play and i know a lot of your coaches that are going to be listening uh the ones that are playing feel the same way and and the ones that aren't you know i i'm sorry but i know that you want to get back to the practice field as as quickly as you can and hopefully hopefully that is the case yeah, let's hope so. Well, we really appreciate both of you taking the time. Uh, it's been it's been great having you on the show. Is there anything else, Dave, that you want to? Um, you why don't you give the website so that anybody can go and check out the headset technology when that whenever they want? Sure, it's a QB dash passlab p a s s l a b dot com, and we appreciate your time, uh, Dan. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks yeah, so appreciate much. Appreciate it, Dan. Yeah, All it's right. been, been fun chatting with you. You too, you too. And for any stories on FNF Coaches, any of the content during the pandemic, visit fnfcoaches.com. Thanks again, guys. You bet. Thank you. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.